Hello and welcome to another episode of Henry Weston's Old Mate, the podcast. I am, as always, your host, Stuart. And again, tonight we are talking turf. The title of this episode is going to be keeping young greenkeepers engaged in the industry and hopefully attracting school leavers into turf. Uh, if you're watching on the YouTube video, you will see my two guests, Anthony Stockwell and Simon down there, uh, Simon Wattier, he's joined us. Well, he's a Frenchman over in Ireland, so get your head around that one, everyone. Uh, let's get the boring stuff out of the way. Uh, if you are watching us on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to the channel. Share us everywhere you can. If you are listening to us on a podcast provider such as Apple or Spotify, please follow the channel. Scroll down below the list of episodes and give us a four or five star review. If you've only listened to a few episodes, you'll only be able to offer up to four stars but we're quite happy to accept them um don't forget we also have a buy me a coffee page set up it allows you to make a small financial donation towards the future of the podcast if you log on to www.buymeacoffee.com search hwm you can make a small donation but of course you don't have to the content's always going to be free there we go we've got that out of the way uh, i'll introduce my two guests very briefly and then ask them to introduce themselves Anthony Stockwell, lecturer at Hadlow College. Good evening. As always, thank you for your time, Anthony. How are you? Hi, Stuart. Absolute pleasure to be here. Uh, very well, thank you. Looking forward to uh, doing the podcast with you. And we've also got Simon Wattier, as I said, a Frenchman currently living in Ireland. Good evening, Simon. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Thank you for the invitation, Stuart. Very happy to be here and looking forward to, to talk with you guys. Excellent. Right. Uh, Anthony, uh, I could give you an introduction. I've got some funny notes in front of me, but I wouldn't do that to you. So if you could introduce yourself uh, personally and professionally, Anthony, that would be great. Thank you very much. Uh, yes. So I'm Anthony. I've uh, been at Hadlow College for the last 10 years um, now, or just approaching 10 years. Uh, been in greenkeeping, sports uh, for the whole of my career. Um, I can give a very brief sort of CV run if you like. Um, I was at London Golf Club for five years before that. Um, New Zealand Golf Club in Surrey. Um, was there for a uh, summer sort of period. Um, done various sort of stints um, around Surrey. Was brought up around there. Did loads of small little jobs, whether it be work experience, that sort of thing. Um, Susson Green Golf Club. Uh, did, did a tiny little bit of work at Wentworth when I was 16. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think there might be one or two others around there. Um, worked at Arsenal Football Club. I was Oof. quite proud to work there uh, oh, for the, eight no, years. We, we don't need to worry about that. Move that on. Um, I just did the match days there, but it was really eye-opening in terms of um, experience there. Um, seeing sort of the, the other side of the industry. Um, and now, yeah, I've been at by 10 years, but I do also do um, quite a lot of examining as well for a couple of examining boards. So I keep myself busy in, in terms of um, I've got more than one job at the moment. Fantastic. I think I'm close to four jobs at the moment. So, yeah. Well, you're going to be you're going to be our link to the education side of this. And when we get into the discussion today, uh, we will be picking your brain to see what your personal experience and your general feeling around the industry is with regards to uh, why 
potentially young people aren't joining the industry and if they are why they are choosing not to sort of stick around and you might even be able to tell us where they're going off to when they leave the industry simon wattier a frenchman who is living in ireland simon spent some time recently in portugal so he's probably not enjoying the weather since he's moved over here too much but simon if you'd be so kind as to just give us a, a quick introduction of yourself so the listeners and the viewers can get to know a little bit bit more about you before we get into the, the main bulk of the chat today yeah definitely um well simon vache uh i'm 20 years old i grew up in paris uh this is where i fell in love with the game of golf you know since i'm a kid um started in greenkeeping in at 18, 18 years old sorry in switzerland so straight after high school that was my first job in domaine Appel golf club with the joe berkeley was the superintendent there and after spending nine months there, I flew over to Adair Manor in Ireland here and to spend and to do an internship six months. Really loved it here. Learned so many things about everything you can learn on the golf course, basically. This is where I really, yeah, knew I wanted to do this, you know, in my, in my life. Decided to move in the winter to avoid the Irish weather <laughs> in Portugal. For a golf course construction, that was that was amazing. I went there to work for Paolo Mahoney, was the superintendent yeah. there, and uh, Raul Nito was my mentor, a guy from Penn State as well. And now just back in Ireland again to do my final six months in Ireland, uh, and their matter, wonderful, glad to be here again, and flying to Penn State this September in America to do a two-year turfgrass management program. Wow! So, and so hopefully after that. We'll see what happens. I mean, you're 20 years old and your CV probably knocks mine and Anthony's out of the park already. Uh, with... I don't think so. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, and so really, as we were saying just before we came on air, Simon, um, you are going to be what we would almost the exception to the rule, because what we're going to discuss today sort of uh, is that why aren't young people joining the industry? Uh, or why aren't more people doing what you're doing? Because if they are, you know, if the route is there, you know, you, you grew up in a, in not in the UK. And um, so maybe we'll be able to find out why other countries are able to sort of allow you to plot that route eventually to Penn state. Um, and we'll see if, uh, you know, what's holding us up here in the UK actually. So um, like I say, I've, we're going to look at why people aren't, potentially getting into golf Anthony you have been a greenkeeper in the past so talk to us just tell us briefly why what why did you get into greenkeeping Anthony because there is there is some fun parts to it believe oh, it or not absolutely I mean growing up playing sport whether it be mainly for me it was mainly football golf uh played a bit of rugby I just love sport and nothing motivated me more to play sport than seeing a golf course or football pitch in good condition. Um, I, I struggled. If the pitch, I don't know, if you're playing football and it's muddy, wet, horrible, you can't see the lines properly, didn't really want, didn't really fancy it. But um, if the turf conditions are perfect and... Um, suited to play I can't think of many things I just want to get out there and play um yeah. so that that's really what got me into it um 
played, I mean, uh, I was very fortunate to grow up in Woking area, um, in, in that area of Surrey. And I think there's more golf courses there than any other part of the country in the, in the UK. So there's so many golf courses and it would just be a, a case of my parents to drop me off in the morning with my brother um, and pick us up in the evening. It was kind of like um, a crash for teenagers, I guess. Yeah. Um, and just spent, spent the life out on the golf course. So you realised at some point you thought, you know, or you realised make... that greenkeeping was a profession and it was something that you could... Yeah, absolutely. I, I was playing the golf course and... All the other kids there, especially my brother, were really good. They were playing golf to a high standard. And they were looking at things that how they could improve their game, where I was walking around the golf course thinking, what have the greenkeepers done there? How have they done that? What what would I do if I was a greenkeeper? I wasn't really looking where my golf ball was going so much. I was more looking around at the environment and the golf course. Okay, and... And Simon, is your your experience? You 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 grew up in Paris, but then you sort of were over in, in Switzerland. Was yours a bit like Anthony's, more from a, a playing point of view that led you to greenkeeping, or were you always from a sort of a very young age? Was it more about the turf, and you were always keen on the sort of the turf and the agronomic side of things? Well, I, I never got interested in turf grass management uh, before my eighteen years old. Yeah. Um, I grew up playing golf, like I said, and being a good golfer, maybe not good enough to turn pro, I always wanted to be on a golf course. No matter what I was doing, this was my goal. And my brother opened the path for me. Uh, my brother is now was a superintendent. Uh, he went to Penn State as well. And he kind of showed me, you know, the, the benefit you can have by working in the turf industry. So I was like, yeah, let's give it a try. Uh, let's go on my first golf course in Switzerland. And being a golf lover, I can only like this job. This is my point of view. And this was probably the best decision I've made, you know. So this is how I started. Okay, great stuff. Um, so that's that's some, that's how you guys got into golf. And obviously, Simon is still a greenkeeper. Anthony, you moved away from greenkeeping. Um, so before we get into a discussion about the sort of educational side and your experience of working with young greenkeepers and, you know, seeing them come through and you will have experience of seeing some of them then choose to leave. Just could you, could you explain to us why you left greenkeeping Anthony, because you've just said how much you loved it. Um, You've got some, you know, you've got some wonderful golf courses and other sort of turf, facilities such as football teams the, the dreaded arsenal on there uh, but you chose to leave the industry anthony so that must have been a hard choice for you but you've obviously stayed within turf you now lecture yeah. but 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 why did you make that decision yeah good question sure um it was a it was a huge decision at the time um i at the time i've been at lung golf club for five years um and at the time Possibly I felt like I needed to move on. There wasn't so much progression opportunities there. I kind of felt like I needed a new challenge, more responsibility. I kind of needed a bit more mental stimulus. Um, possibly might have been a little bit bored. Yeah, no. That's... Um, the opportunity came up. I got approached by uh, John Millen. He, he knew that I was 
very keen in terms of uh, education because at the time I'd, I think I'd just started doing my master's degree uh, also at Penn State where Simon's going off to soon. Uh, I'd been doing one or two sort of turf clubs at the London Golf Club uh, that got other people involved and I've been doing quite a bit of training with the younger members of the team. So John knew that. Um, he possibly was approaching retirement age uh, yeah. Although many people have been saying that for many years about John. He's been retired but, um, for 50 years. Yeah. Um, so I I took it on. Uh, I wanted to also feel a bit more part of the industry because yeah. I was I was just an assistant. I didn't really know many people. I didn't know who the head greenkeeper was at the golf course down the road. Didn't really know anyone else in Kent who was a, a greenkeeper possibly. And I wanted to... Um, kind of make a name for myself within the industry. So I, at the time, it was quite interesting because one or two people said to me, oh, you're leaving the industry, you're, you're leaving greenkeeping. But I actually felt, no, I am actually becoming more part of the industry by taking the sidestep out of greenkeeping, but having a, a role that um, oversaw quite a lot of different places. Uh, so yeah. As part of the role, I then go into many different workplaces, be at the college. Um, so that, that would be the main reason. I, I also, at the time, saw it possibly as a springboard. So I felt maybe I could just stay at the, the college a couple of years and move on because I'd have formed a wider network. Yeah. Um, yeah, been offered many different, well, possibly could have, at many different times left Hadlow to go work at other places but I, I stayed pretty loyal uh, I enjoy the job and uh, have stayed there um, and that's that's why I guess why I left uh, do I regret it no um, I'm glad I moved on um, and say la vie as they say um, <laughs> Oh, less less of that. It's, I I'm many use the the French jokes around oh, yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Simon, um, it's you know I get the impression that you've sort of got into the industry. Uh, you've I don't want to say you've followed in your brother's footsteps, but he must have been quite a sort of a guiding sort of light in your fledgling career so far. I mean, how does it work? In, in France, I had Erwin Lecoq on, I think, my second ever podcast. He's over at Winston Golf in Germany, uh, a Frenchman. And you have a, a similar system. You can, can, you, can you go and do, do college uh, in France at the age of 16? Or is it work-based learning? How, it, and is, is greenkeeping a recognised profession in France? Is it, is it seen as a, an important profession? No, no, no. Um, in France, you have you you can start agronomic studies at sixteen, obviously, but it won't be specified into golf. Okay. Um, we have one main school you can go to in north of France in Dunkerque. Yeah. Uh, this will be if you want to pursue a career in France and have classes in French. This will be the school you'll go to. It's a great school. You you have great knowledge there, and you can easily be a superintendent if you go to this school. Talking about how recognized uh, greenkeeping is in France, we don't even call greenkeepers greenkeepers. We call them gardeners, okay. which I don't like. 
so yeah, greenkeeping is now very recognized in France, and this is a big issue at the moment. But the golf industry is slowly growing in France, and I'm pretty positive about the fact that we can change this if we can bring more young guys into this industry. Yeah. Well, that's that's what we're going to sort of that's that's really what we're going to get into now, because, I mean, anyone who has a Twitter account and is a greenkeeper and logs on will know that uh, there are numerous discussions going on 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 online forums, Twitter, Facebook daily. Um, And the big question is, you know, why why are so many people leaving the industry? And tonight with Anthony and, and yourself, Simon, We've, I think I've got a couple of bases covered to get a little insight into potentially why people aren't hanging around. So if I come over to you, Anthony, you, you deal with, I think it would be fair to say, you know, we're dealing with those level two and level three greenkeepers. Would it be fair to say, Anthony, the majority of those are between the age of what, 18 and 24, possibly? Yeah, I'd, I'd push it maybe a little bit higher. Uh, quite okay. often people think our, our students are quite young. Anywhere in the 20s is, is fairly typical, but I've had students in the 60s before. So, um... oh, Mr. Paul, Mr. Paul Larson, people like that. <laughs> uh, I can't name so right, he, does, he doesn't listen to this. Um, Anthony, um, you've been working for Hadlow for 10 years now. Um, yeah. Is, is the trend of... So when you started 10 years ago, uh, was the uptake of young students higher or lower uh, oh, as it is today? Considerably lower. Uh, we've, we've got five times the amount of students now than we had 10 years ago. Now, so so that is going against what, you know, Perhaps, yeah. I the, what the industry is telling us. So, well, the industry is telling us people are leaving. It's great that... Um, students you've got a, a large amount of students had lower obviously doing yeah. very well pushing that um are from what it, i see I'd, I'd say more people are entering the industry than ever I, I see more uh that than ever um the the average time that people are staying in the industry may not be that long uh three to four years on average and, okay. and there's a a small percentage that see through that four or five years and um, progress on. Um, be difficult to put a, a percentage on that, but it's it is a slim number. I'd say ten percent or less. What that are staying in the industry? Yes, yeah. I'd well, that's say so. that's a real problem, um, Simon. Um, you are again. I keep saying it. You're the exception to this rule. Um, did you uh, did you notice sort of coming up through school? Were you were, were there other people, other friends of yours interested in the profession? Just one. <laughs> Just one. Just one. Uh, yes, yeah, right after high school, it was a common decision because he was my best friend. And so we both wanted to do the same job. So we just went to this golf course in Switzerland together. And it was the only guy under, I'd say, 25, maybe. Yeah, I can, I can push up the bar to 28, who was working on this golf course. And, yeah, I've, I've, I've been to three different places so far. And I've always been the youngest on, like, in every place. Here or there, it's a bit different because it's such a big course. 
Yeah. But mainly, yes, you won't find many people under 25 years old. And that's, that's the problem. I know I've done a few podcasts with guys over in America and they, you know, they're saying the, the same thing. It's they can't get the youngsters through and you get to the point and I'm, I myself might be a very good example of, of the, 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 the trend where I'm, I'm 42 years old. I have a, I have a daughter who's at school. Uh, I have a mortgage. Um, do I, like my job yes would i like to do something else also yes is there much to do locally really no so i am stuck in the industry i quite enjoy it but i i am stuck in the industry younger people than me who don't have the mortgage don't have children in school aren't locked in a postcode they're 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 either choosing to to leave or they're just not actually starting so what we want to so if we go over to anthony again so what we are teaching people at college anthony yes um i remember i so i did my level two in 2001 uh it was an amenity horticulture level two with a sports turf section i i guess um Mm -hmm. i then completed my level three started it twice didn't finish it but finished it in 2016 i believe uh, that was all focused on golf courses uh, i found back in 2001 that i didn't think much of the level 2 course was relevant to greenkeeping uh, it's moved on a bit now is everything in a level 2 and a level 3 is it all relevant and up to date anthony 100% absolutely yeah. um the so it's probably about five years ago now, um, the qualifications moved over from what was called a framework apprenticeship to a standard apprenticeship. Uh, and this has included the endpoint exams uh, and the whole of the course, the whole of the content, the syllabus completely changed, modernised. Um, it, it's so wide ranging. Um, uh, there, there is a lot within the course. But it certainly is a lot better uh, compared to the old style um, framework courses. It really has moved um, a long way. Um, so I think it's a fantastic course. Um, really can sort of challenge, motivate students to push on to get the higher grades. You know, um, it's um, in, well. I say proportionate to how much effort they put in to what yeah. grade they get. So if you, if you put in more effort in, you're more likely to get your merit and distinction grades. Um, a pass grade is absolutely fantastic for a, a candidate who has a very high ability, um, but doesn't put in the effort to achieve a pass grade may not be the, the best thing in the world for a candidate who has a lower ability and is putting in a, a huge amount of effort, a pass grade can be absolutely fantastic. Um, nobody, nobody likes to fail, but if, you, if you're not going to turn up, you're not going to put in the effort, there is the, the option now of failing the course. Nobody would want someone to fail, but um, th- there is this sort of reward system for the amount of effort that people are putting in, which is um, really has shifted the qualification to put the, the impetus on the student to um to put in the effort yeah so simon you're you've you've gained your qualifications through or your qualifications so far 
in France and in Switzerland and you and you're now or are you are you currently working via Penn State or is that to come in the future? Yeah, um, I don't have any official qualification. Yeah, uh, went straight from high school to my first golf course. But yeah, what I'm doing is just learning as much as possible. Yeah, before going to Penn State, uh, this is what I'm trying to do, and it's going well so far. And I'm looking forward to to Penn State to have this degree, and then from there on, hopefully having a an assistant like position somewhere. Yeah, well, so, I mean, yeah, it's 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 fantastic, and 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 what we might sort of learn from from our chat in the next half an hour, forty minutes or so, is if we might even be able to ask the question: is is the lower qualification really relevant? I th- I mean, I think we'll say it is, but if someone like Simon can sort of blaze this trail all the way to somewhere like Penn State through hard work and and well chosen work placements, yes, he's sort of got maybe a little bit of a, a step up with his brother in a prominent position but you know he, he's networking and he's he's managed to do this himself Anthony um yeah. which 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 is wonderful um so I've I've got you know it's good to hear that the courses are up to date and and they're all relevant and and so we are offering these young green keepers or they are able to finish their course, their, their two year course or one year course be what it is. Um, so what role, what role is, is a college like yours able to play in, in the future? You know, your let's say someone comes to you, Anthony, and they want to do their level two, they will then go away with a nice shiny certificate that says, mm-hmm. you know, you've got your level two, but, Probably they're then going to go into a golf club. And sadly, the way the industry is, if you may have your level two at the age of 20, you may have your level three at the age of 22. Uh, you're a, or if you've done your PA one, two and six, fortunate enough to do them, you could call yourself a fully qualified greenkeeper at the age of 22, 23. Um, they're probably still going to be bottom of the pecking order where they work. Um, how, what's the, do you have you got experience of greenkeepers struggling to work their way up the ladder, even with their nice certificates, Anthony? You know, you yourself said you were a bit bored potentially and stuck, and you didn't see the progression. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've got a podcast that will already believe have been released when I put this out with a guy called Will Goldstone. Um, he left the industry at a very young age, at the age of 23, I believe, because he just didn't feel he could progress anymore. He felt yeah. he felt ready to. Um, are you experiencing that amongst your students, Anthony? Possibly. Um, at the end of the day, you can have all those qualifications, but, um, you know, the experience really does... Um, earn you that more responsibility or the the opportunity to progress and sometimes um students if you do want to progress sometimes in your career you may just have to be patient um stick around somewhere for another three years or four years and see what happens um it it can be quite tricky to do that uh, when when you may see something else at some somewhere else that may look like the grass is greener somewhere else but um sometimes to work your way up you, you may need to be patient yeah it's that it's that argument isn't it it's uh i don't think you know simon you're 20 aren't you um and i can't imagine 
youngsters like yourself, you're, you're, you're enthusiastic and you're, you know, you've got a wonderful career sort of penned out certainly for the next, this summer and then your time over in America. Uh, Anthony's sort of talking about potentially young, young people treading water for two or three, maybe even four years waiting for an opportunity to come up. That's hard to expect, isn't it? I think the youth, the young guys now are coming up in you and expecting to make pretty fast progression. And, and yourself, Simon, you, you're progressing quite quick and you've got it laid out sort of after you. Will, will, your, will your degree from Penn State, will that allow you to then apply for, I assume, assistant superintendent positions as soon as you've finished your qualifications? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, in the US or in Europe, whatever, I'll take whatever I can take. Yeah. But so, yeah, the, the goal was to, the goal is to be a superintendent as soon as possible. Yeah. And uh, this is why I choose this path because from what I heard from my brother and from other people I know in the industry, I heard only good things about this. Uh, and yeah, this is the path I'm choosing and hopefully it will work. And I yeah. think just have to put the head down, work hard, and uh, everything, everything everything, can work. As I said, there is not many young guys in the industry. And if you're one of the only youngest who is working harder than the others, I don't understand why it will not work, you know. Yeah, well, no, that's quite right. Um, Anthony, are we missing a trick potentially in the UK? We have this, we have our qualification system we have these level yeah. twos and these level threes um is it is it unfair of me to suggest that in a lot of head greenkeepers eyes they don't count for all that much um oh that's that's tricky i think uh depends on the individual yeah, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to put you on the spot and get you to say. I don't want you to say something controversial, Ante. I'm just thinking no, along the lines um, of, you've got a, if you've got a 24 year old guy uh, in a, in I certainly the American system, you finish your turf degree and you're almost expected to apply for what we would call a deputy position. They would call yeah. it deputy superintendent. Um, over here, I think the system's different. I think you will find a lot of deputies have probably got to their position through 15 years service at a golf club. Um, yeah, I think you're probably right there. And um, that's not necessarily bad. Of course, that that's not a bad thing. And a lot of people, like I said, I explained my situation. I will be at my employer for the foreseeable future. Uh, and if, you know, if in five years time, management change then i'm not necessarily in line but i i may find myself in a position slightly up the ladder that i have done just from being there a while uh mm -hmm. you'd think you'd think if a guy of sort of 23 24 is applying for deputy head greenkeeper positions i would go as far as to say they're going to struggle because a lot of the adverts yeah we, i'd agree yeah we put you see these adverts in let's let's just say a golf club in Surrey, Anthony, you've got some experience there. Um, they will pay a reasonably high wage, or they will offer a reasonably high wage because of the cost of living is high in Surrey. But they will also put in that qualification five to let's say they put three to five years management experience needed. Mm. Um, so you've got a guy of 24, 25, 
who's got all his certificates. Uh, he may be a senior greenkeeper somewhere if he's lucky, but um, he's not going to get that job, is he, Anthony? I wouldn't have thought so. Um, goes back to what I was saying a little bit earlier about being patient, having that longevity, that experience really does um, hold value uh, in the employer's eyes. Um, qualifications are great, uh, but they need to be matched and paired up with the, the, the experience as well. So where, what do we think? Um, I can't really, I'd, I'd like to ask Simon, but I don't think he, he'll be able to answer it. Where, where are these, where are these people going, Anthony? Do you, were you, are you able to tell us where some of your students, you said, you know, you, you've got, you'd say only 10% are sort of sticking it out between that three yeah. to four years. Um, do I've, you know um, where they're going? Yeah, I, I've looked I can't name any names, of course, but I've yeah, looked back course. through um, students' last two or three years and I've, I've made a little list here of where people have gone on to. This um, will be very interesting, actually. Um, none at all have gone to work in supermarkets. None. none. Uh, so often I hear greenkeepers say, oh, they're, they're paying this amount at Lidl now or Aldi or... <laughs> well, yeah, Tesco's. I mean, the, fav the favourite story gone. is that they pay 35 thousand pounds to be an assistant manager at Audi and Lidl yeah. don't they um so I've got air conditioning uh construction uh just general labor uh yeah. IT work um some have gone to work in recruitment um mechanics or car mechanics uh, I've had three who have gone to work in um sort of tree surgery Arboriculture, that's quite an interesting one because they've obviously um, got the qualifications as greenkeepers, the, the golf club or, um, yeah, the golf club I would have thought would have paid for their uh, chainsaw certificates and taken them at the, the golf course, then gone to work in tree surgery, um, pest control, carpentry, um, working for the council, all, all of those different um, things, are, they're all slightly different but yeah there's there's a little bit of a list there for you so there's that's it's it's interesting because things like air conditioning that you mentioned very uh, i mean that's probably a trade let's that's a trade that they're going to go away and have to have to learn have to gain some skills yeah. um but they will find themselves earning reasonably good money quite quickly um i did a private job over the weekend and happened to ask uh, one of the guys I was working with about a young gentleman who used to work where I work. Um, he left us a few years ago now. He is he is labouring on site somewhere. Uh, he has his machine, various machine operating tickets. Uh, he's able to earn £180 a day, uh, self-employed, obviously. He, he then has to sort his own tax, etc. out. Um that's considerably more than I earn for a day's wage. Um, and this young man, uh, you know, he's gone away and, and put some time into to learning a new trade. Um, but I don't want to, we'll get onto a, the, the controversial point later, but Simon, what did all other friends of yours in France when you were growing up, what did they all choose to go and do? 
while Simon ponders that question, I'd just like to quickly remind you that we do have a Buy Me A Coffee page set up for the podcast. If you log on to www.buymeacoffee.com, search H-W-O-M, it would allow you to make a small financial donation towards the future of the podcast. We always say the content will be free. We will never hide it behind any paywalls. But producing the regular content does come with small costs and any help towards covering these is greatly appreciated. I'll let you get back to the rest of the episode with Simon and Anthony. Wow, uh, that's a tough one. After high school, you said. Yeah, right? after high school. What do kids in France go and do? Because you've sort of said not many of them want to get into golf. Uh, we're just trying to set the scene, really, because I mean, I don't think I don't think young people around the world want to go and work on a golf course because they get cold and wet through the winter. Uh, yes, it's nice to work in the summer, but they have to work the weekends. They have to work the bank holidays. I just think, I just don't think it's fashionable. I don't think, I don't think people want to work outside in the winter. Uh, they're finding other stuff to do. Um, I think a lot of personally, I think a lot of kids are getting into laptop based working, you know, um, they can sit in front of, I, I, I'm sat in front of a laptop now, but I'm no good on it. But I, 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 if I had the skills to earn money from sitting in an office and maybe programming, or I don't want to say data input, that's a bit broad. But I mean, I, I think I'd quite like the idea of being able to work in a nice air-conditioned office and um, earn a bit more money. So yeah, yeah, uh, uh, I can tell. Uh, I have a few friends who are as you said, starting in the tech industry, if I can call it like this. Yeah. A lot of friends who are trying to make their own way into music, beat making on the computer and everything, crypto money as well. Yeah. Thing in, you know, for people of our age, uh, videos on internet, you know, all this virtual world, if I can call yeah. it like this again, uh, this is attracting young people a lot. And working, uh, being on a golf course or somewhere else is not attracting anyone. And I can really feel this. I'm probably the only one of my close circle of friends who is working full time, you know? Yeah. And uh, this is interesting to see now that you point it. And uh, yeah, I think there is a big difference from young people nowadays than young people from, I don't know, your generation, guys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we are, I I grew up, yes, I grew up when I left school, sort of everyone had a mobile phone and obviously the internet was, was, was very accessible. In the last 15 years, it's become even more accessible. But, you know, people, kids, people can, they can, they can run, they can run little clothing startups, little music startups, Anthony, from an iPhone. Um, and I don't think the greenkeeping industry is losing kids to, you know, starting their own brands, personal brands, clothing brands. But why, why don't are you notice it? The kid, how many people let's let's sort of change the angle here a bit, Anthony. How what's the relationship with Hadlow College and local schools? How do 
Um, how many kids at the age of 16 would you say, I don't want a number, but are, th are there many kids out there who know what greenkeeping is when they finish school? Because when I left school, I, I, I lived and grew up in Deal. It's quite close to Dover. So we were sort of always pushed in the direction of P&O ferries. The Channel Tunnel was just open. So it was yeah. that, that was it. You know, there's a lot back in the day, there was a lot of hotels and restaurants because we were a tourist area. So, you know, being a chef or being a, a waiter on the ferries was a, was a viable career path that I was made aware of at school, but I was never made aware that you could go and make a living from working on a sports pitch. Um, are, are kids in the sort of area in Kent local to Hadlow, are they, do you work closely with the local schools, Anthony? Absolutely. Um, I think you'll probably be surprised how many we visit on careers days. Um, but, but when we do, there, there aren't many who come up to us and say they want to work in greenkeeping or even outdoors. Yeah. Um, we've got a um, marketing team. We've got an employee, what are they called? Employer relations team. Uh, so we'll they'll go into all the schools for their career days. I, I know they've been to at least seven since September. That's fantastic, Second, by the way. That really schools. is fantastic. Well done, Hadlow. Um, I suspect all FE colleges will be doing this um, and trying to engage them, trying to promote the subject areas. Um, this is mainly aimed... 14 to 16 year olds yeah um and it, it won't just be greenkeeping that we're promoting it'll also be horticulture agriculture but wide range of subjects outdoor subjects but um they, they we don't really get that much interest and um, is that is that because of is that a generational thing are, are have have we lost or, or are the kids just not interested in golf full stop is it where we are in the country because you know we have some fantastic where hadlow is i mean you're not in the heart of golf country are you and you know down where i am we've got three wonderful golf courses yeah. right next to each other and we've got a few other nice locations but i wouldn't have thought the kids in my local area uh, we, so, you know, as a golf club, we don't go into our local schools. It's probably not our job, but I just wonder if, if, if we sent a greenkeeper down to Sandwich Technology School, Roger Manwood's, the local grammar school, we've got a girls and boys grammar school in Dover. If we sent a greenkeeper to one of them just to talk to kids for an hour, possibly, um, you know, just to say this is this is a career. Uh, mm. And it's potentially going to be, it's not going to be a career for people, you know, 20 years from now. I mean, I, I think it'd be great if we could. Um, it, it often is, though, the other way, that there'll, there'll be very few there that are interested in it, but they will come to you. Yeah. Um, they would, I know there's another person who, who works with you who I think started off as a caddy, got into greenkeeping. Uh, so they started off as a caddy when they were like 15, 16, and it'll be or maybe even the pro shop or just being around the golf club like Simon and I were when we were younger. Just you're always in the golf course, see what happens, um, get talking to one or two of the greenkeepers. So I think 
they if, if people are interested they will come to you um should there be an expectation that we should go to them um it's as working for college we have that responsibility we we do what we all we can but the yeah. end of the day you, you can't if someone's really interested in music or tech or something completely different that you're not going to um convince them otherwise that a career in greenkeeping would be 10 times interested 10 times more interesting people follow their own uh paths yeah no that's that's great and i, I just want to point out that um i you know i i respect and understand you know as, as a college i don't want this to sound that i'm i mean i think the colleges are doing wonderful and like you say you know you are busy doing looking after your students and yes, some time must be put into recruiting because you need to continue to work as a facility. You know, you have to attract people, but if those mm. people just aren't there to attract, then there's not much you can do. And um, Simon, as a, as a young man who is into golf and is staying in the industry, I mean, it could be said that going forward, the golf course industry is progressing sort of technology wise really i mean i had a, a podcast i did previously with with a couple of guys we sort of talked about how if we've got younger guys like yourself in the industries we've got things like we've got like things like drones we've got gps based spraying now we've got the pogo you know that allows you to hook up to your mobile phone when you're out doing your your moisture meter your you know dotting your greens and hotspotting your greens um, it is. It could be argued that the industry is moving forward at quite a, a good rate, Simon, and and the the, the tech is there. Um, where you've been, you've probably been quite fortunate to be at some some wonderful golf establishments. Are you finding? Are you finding that you're always able to to learn on the job, or are you? Do you find these sort of stale periods where? You may go three or four weeks doing the same job and and it gets a bit mind numbing. Or are you always you've been fortunate where you've been able to just experience new things most weeks? I'd say it's a good question. I'd say it's up and ups and downs, you know. Yeah. You sometimes you'll feel like you don't learn anything for a month, maybe. And uh, sometimes you'll learn a lot of things for for a week. And it's just about asking questions. Uh, yeah. For a young guy, you should not be scared of asking questions. It's normal to, to not know something, you know, and you have to ask and ask your boss, I don't know, to put you on new, new, new stuff to do. Uh, yeah. Ask him, oh, can I spray? Can I be on the spray? Can I use the pogo? Can I use uh, whatever they have on, on these golf course? And uh, yeah, I'd say you have to, you have to learn from others who, are, who have more experience in, in greenkeeping. And this will make your job uh, way more fun. And yeah. uh, there is a lot of guys here and there. I'm thinking about the superintendent, Adam McDonald, all the assistant that really took me under their wings to, to teach me things. They were like, okay, Simon, you want to study? You want to be an assistant or a superintendent? We will teach you because we want young guys to learn more. Yeah. And yeah, just ask as many questions as, as you can and you love your job even more, even more. Yeah. I mean, I think 
Anthony would probably something that Anthony might tell people when he's giving a lecture or something. There's there are no silly questions really, are there, Anthony? You should Absolutely, be always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there, you know, we have a youngster like Simon, and and all everyone has a responsibility to be able to ask those questions. I think head greenkeepers have a huge responsibility, um, and hopefully they don't. If any of them are out there, I'm not knocking anyone, and I understand as well as anyone how busy a head greenkeeping job is. You know, and a lot of the time, you just don't have that time to worry about the guys in your team. You just have to get that work done sometimes. But also, the flip side to that is if this industry is going to progress and not get stuck in the rut that we appear to be in, and it's a rut that is potentially, you know, the wheels are sinking in the quicksand if you read some of the articles that are being published, you know, the... You know, you've got articles being published that if the current rate of greenkeepers leaving the industry continues, there's going to be 70% less greenkeepers by 2040 or something. I don't, I might be wrong on that number, but it was quite drastic. Um, so, Anthony, if I just sort of come to you again, um, yeah, a lot of the majority is the majority, or is it a hundred percent of what Hadlow doing greenkeeping? Is it all? work-based learning now what we call distance learning um no um well i mean what do we not do would be an easier question to answer yeah what, we, what we, i'm asking is are what, you could could a 16 year old go and study their mvq level two for two years in the classroom or do they have to go um, to a golf club and then be sent to you they, they have to be well, it's an apprenticeship, so they have to be employed full-time. Um, okay. There are a couple of variations with the full-time, but they need to be working uh, and learning on, on the job. Um, I mean, if a student insisted, we could accommodate for them to come into the classroom if more if they wanted to. Yeah. We tend to do about one day a month throughout the winter in the classroom. Um we tend we, we have we have sort of a balancing act here because some would rather do more in the in the classroom. Yeah, um, it can be tricky sometimes. Some would rather do less, so it's always a case of that balancing. I mean, some have to travel an hour and a half just to get to the college. Yeah, whereas some who are on our doorstep, um, fuel prices, uh, some head greenkeepers may not be so keen on them spending an hour well two hours there and back in a day to get to college um where when you know that that's downtime that's um time that they have to having to pay for fuel so there is there are positives and negatives with that sort of thing um the last couple of years have been very interesting with covid because it's it's forced us to do more remote online distance learning um that you know first lockdown and third lockdown you just couldn't we, we weren't permitted to do anything for ooh, three four months possibly maybe even longer yeah. um so we we had to do distance um some and how student... did how did the youngsters respond to that i mean how 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 did the current crop of Training um, greenkeepers, how did they respond to that sort of Zoom learning? 
I'd say most of them did really well. Um, part of their success was that uh, a lot of them were furloughed as well. So they there were a lot of time where they were just spending time at home uh, and they could be doing reading, they could be doing portfolio work. Some of them didn't do so well. Uh, I think everyone had their own experiences during lockdown some positive some not um so some some students really struggled uh, yeah. unfortunately um as many people did just with the mental health during during lockdown but um it it's given us um a whole new breed of of youngsters who now have have got m perhaps more skills because ev everyone who was let's say from the age of possibly that maybe about your daughter's age to 16 had to for long periods whether it be schooling or had to do more work at home more work online and as those people come through um and start working over the next five or ten years they're, they're possibly going to be expecting a lot more blended style work blended style studying yeah. um which I think can be a very positive thing um, because in our approach, we're better when we're more flexible. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that will be a positive coming out from COVID. Okay, yeah, and let's, let's um, a little bit of something I touched on earlier in the chat and I'm going to ask Simon. Um, we sort of talked about these guys, these these um, young guys, these keen young greenkeepers who've got their qualifications and they've got their spraying certificates, and then they go back to work and they're in a room, let's say, of five or six guys, myself, 40, 40 to 50 years old. Um, Simon, in your experience with, with your enthusiasm, have you, have you found yourself uh, struggling to sort of, I don't want to say fit in because I'd like to think the industry is pretty welcoming, but if you come up across the problems where, you know, you risk, you, you run the risk of upsetting a few people by being too enthusiastic. I, I think, yeah, it can happen. Uh, locally for me, it didn't happen at yeah. all. And I think it's all about understanding the team you work with, yeah. you know, and, yeah, you have to admit that you're new, you don't know a lot of things and you're here to learn. And it just, if you, it's for me, it's the way I think, if you stay humble, if you ask questions to anyone, people would just be happy to help you. And yes, you will have good jobs and people can be frustrated of you, I don't know, doing the course setup, for example. This yeah. is the job for the assistant, usually yeah. that's what they say. And I'd say, yeah, you just have to understand and you work as a team, you know, and uh, you have to, as I said, ask questions and stay, like, don't put yourself over others, you know, stay under, but try to take everything from them, everything you can, and then you'll come the ladders, as you said earlier, and uh, this is the way I'm doing since I started, it's going pretty well. Yeah. I'm pretty sure in a few golf course, people can be upset about a young guy being very enthusiastic. Uh, just a guy who wants to 
to be good, a guy who wants to be a superintendent, you know, can cause some problem. That's why team teamwork is very important in communication as well. I think these are the two most important things in in working as a team. You know. Yeah, I think that you can't say enough about communication and. Uh, Anthony, we were talking before we came on air, weren't we, about the, the podcast I did with Paul Kennedy, and he was sort of, you know, he's he's been in the game a long time, but he's now using things like WhatsApp and a few other sort of app-based, well, a few other apps to just communicate with, with the various people he works with at his golf club, and it's allowing him to be, you know, while being hands-on on the golf course, it's allowing him to communicate with other people in real time, you know, not relying on someone to sort of get home and read the email and then sort of come back to him four or five days later. Uh, communicating in, in any sense, communicating from the head greenkeeper down on a daily to daily basis is 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 essential and, well, fantastically well put, Simon. Um, Anthony, I don't really want to sort of get into the to the the details about the, the, the wage situation in greenkeeping because we all know the current state of affairs i think it's i think it is fair to say that probably across the industry it's not paying as much as it could but you know if we had a golf course manager here in this chat he'd turn around and say where do you expect me to get the money from you know i yeah. haven't got a bottomless pit of money so i don't really want to get into that chat today but anthony um, have you got any personal opinions on what we could do as an industry, either to attract new greenkeepers or, or how do we keep these greenkeepers engaged and within the industry? Perhaps those ones who are, who have, who've got to that point, like I, I spoke, I mentioned, I spoke with Will Goldstone and he got to the point at 23 years of age where he'd gone and done Ohio state. He'd done the construction at JCB and he found himself at 23. Uh, he, you know, he had to leave the industry to find somewhere else to progress. How, have you got any ideas, Anthony, how we could do it? No, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a crystal ball. It's um, a tough one. For me, is, I'll I, be I, perfectly honest. And I think we have to find a way to pay more money uh, and then uh, I think you have to, kids have to think that if I get this level three and I get my spraying and I go away and do this week long spraying course that everyone says, oh, it's, you know, it's really hard. And if you don't do the study and you're going to fail, um, but then we're only going to pay you 22,000 pounds a year when you've got that certificate, they're just going to say, well, I'm just going to go and cut or I'm going to take my chainsaw yeah. certificate. And I'm going to go and cut trees down for 30 grand a year. And then I'm going to open my own tree business. And yes, working for yourself is a pain in the ass, but I'm going to earn more money. Yeah. I think it really is tough to um, pay. I think the second biggest one would be possibly flexibility. Uh, could greenkeepers possibly work less hours? Could they have more free time? But unfortunately, the nature of the beast is that it's a predominantly weekend or leisure periods when green keep when people play more golf so the green keepers are expected to set up the golf course for those periods um every angle you look at it it's it's a tough um decision i think and i know you spoke about um in paul kennedy's podcast there were there were periods where he was working 
I think you mentioned 12, maybe 17 days on the trot. Yeah. Um, long commutes, long hours, weekends, um, spending time away from family, all of those sort of factor in with not getting paid a huge amount. Um, it, it is, it, it's tough. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, the, the only way people can get through is to just keep going focus on what you can do rather than get distracted or demoralized by things outside of your control yeah. um, and external politics or external factors within the golf course and just focus on yourself, your career goals, your day-to-day goals and, and sounds a bit cliche but just take one step at a time one day at a time and, and people keep oh, you've been keep to one of my AA meetings Anthony <laughs> <laughs> um uh, it's uh, it's tough and I've done oh maybe seven or eight industry-based podcasts now and we know you know I don't sit down and expect anyone to come up with an answer because I don't think it is answer answerable is that word I don't think we can come up with an answer uh, I had a chat with a guy at work not mm. so long ago and we sort of came to the conclusion that um, ideally or really it boils down to are golfers willing to pay if we wanted to create an ideal yeah. greenkeeping profession it and get more time off, uh, you know, have that better work-life balance and get paid more we decided that potentially it would mean golfers paying more for their golf and having to deal with lower standards, i.e., you know, less people working weekends, uh, potentially greenkeepers having a bit more time off in the week. So asking a golfer to pay more for his annual subs, but telling him that the the roughs are going to get cut every two weeks so the roughs aren't always going to be in brilliant condition we may only cut the greens once at the weekend because we're giving half the team the weekend off um so that sorts of greenkeeping problem but the fact is simon uh golfers won't stand for that will they or won't stand that they just won't accept it so i think what i'm trying to say is we're still looking we need to really find the balance we've got to find Mm. somewhere that we can accommodate uh, still achieving really high levels with less greenkeepers. Is that possible, Simon? Well, <laughs> I I don't know. I think it is. Uh, but uh, yeah, you have to, to keep this balance, as you just said. Yeah. And I'm a bit sceptical about you saying that if, you know, for example, cutting the greens uh, once a week, your course would not be as good as it was before. So the players yeah. won't play as much because player, I'm a player and uh, you guys probably as well. And we love, we love great greens. Yeah. We don't like to, you don't like to play golf if the course is not in good conditions. Yeah. So I think this will be, I don't know, kind of tough because I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's, membership. I don't think it's feasible. I don't think it, I don't think it will happen. Um, but, it's it, it it's it's very hard to project or predict a way to answer these questions that everyone is debating on Twitter. You know, mm. again, I'll go back to it. 
these people who you know and the the committee for golf club golf club salaries whatever they're called they suggested did they suggest that you know we the industry really should be looking at a 20 percent pay rise for everyone uh, again if we've got a golf course manager on this chat anthony he's where's that 20 percent going to come from yeah exactly um, you know they, they they're not they can't it's that big circle, isn't it? If they make a cutback, let's say, all right, well, we'll have to make a cutback on the inside staff. Then we've got the problem that, yes, the golfers are coming to play potentially a better golf course, but they then can't go in the clubhouse and enjoy a quality meal or whatever because the golf club is closing the restaurant to save time, save time and money. It's just not going to happen. Um, are, is, there, is there the potential, Anthony? Is there anywhere, you know, we're in a, credit crunch you know fuel's going up everyone's heating bills are going up people haven't got another hundred pound a month to spend mm. on their golf club membership have they anthony no no so we're, we're at a, we're at we get to these at the end of these chats every week and we've had a wonderful we have wonderful discussions but we always get to this brick wall if you if you like um before we go gentlemen it's been a wonderful chat and simon it's it's been Wonderful to get to know you. Um, and I think what we need to do is put a positive spin on the end of this, that you're, you're a young man, you're 20 years of age, and you've been in the industry for a couple of years. You've been fortunate to work at some wonderful establishments, and you're now going to go off to the highly regarded Penn State and gain your, your degree in turf grass management. Um, so that should be really positive, and it should sort of outline for anyone listening to this that it is possible to stay in the turf industry and make a really good go of it um anthony there are it is an industry that if people are willing you've mentioned it numerous times if people are willing to stick around and sort of put that focus in so um i don't want to say that's the answer but there are many positives anthony aren't there for oh, sort of sticking absolutely. out I think that ultimately getting what you put out and having someone like Simon on the podcast and hearing his story is so refreshing um, because you're, you're clearly putting in the effort, made huge uh, progress in your career so far. Um, I was fortunate enough to, to study at Penn State. Uh, it was unbelievably challenging. Um, it won't be easy, Simon, I'll tell you that. Um, but it will it'll really make you think, critique things that you're, you're, you're doing. It will really push, stretch and challenge you. Um, and I just wish you the best of luck with that. Um, Thank you very much, Ant. Uh, and my little degree from Wolverhampton University is looking more and more worthless in this conversation. <laughs> but... Um, uh, <laughs> Simon Wattier, uh, thank you so much for joining me for this chat. We wish you, like Anthony has, we wish you all the best in, in your future. Anthony, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Um, hopefully we can, you know, if we can, we could get to work and hopefully get something out to encourage, you know, people in this industry. I've got a chat planned with Dr. John Dempsey over in Ireland. He's going to come on and we're looking at, creating a little podcast aimed at sort of level two and three students. So we're going to sort of put that together and maybe we can help to get that out, you know, yeah, not definitely. necessarily through Hadlow, but we could pass it around. Um, so thank you everyone. This has been Henry White 
Henry Weston's old mate, the podcast. It's been more turf talk. Don't forget, please uh, drop us that four or five star review if you'd be so kind. And if you have been watching us on YouTube, please hit the like button and subscribe. Um, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me. It's been another wonderful episode of Henry Weston's old mate, the podcast. Thanks, sure. Again, a huge thanks to Simon and Anthony for both giving up their time and coming on the podcast to discuss some on-trend topics within the greenkeeping industry, I think it's fair to say. I think it's also fair to say that I have done a few of these chats now with people in the turf industry and there is going to be no easy answer to some of the questions that we are posing. Simon appears to be an exception to the rule, a young man who has entered the system and almost is fast-tracking his way to a you know, very good degree that will come out of Penn State. Um, he is obviously working hard. He has some contacts, with it, which is an advantage to him, but he is putting the hard work and the dedication to achieve those goals that he wants. Um, some of the questions I posed to Anthony may have been slightly unfair and I couldn't expect him to have all the answers he's a wonderful guest what Hadlow College and the other colleges are doing is wonderful and they are doing their best to attract young people into an industry that is potentially quite unfashionable at the moment um, I think we need to find a way to sit, to make it almost more glamorous I don't know if that is the right word but how are we going to attract school leavers into the turf industry I'm not sure I think the use of tech is a wonderful idea but there is only so much tech that can be used on a day-to-day -day. Um, we know greenkeeping is repetitive often hard cold work in the winter hot sweaty work in the summer and um, the hours are unsociable I still believe we can find a workaround for that um, giving people more time off, uh, allowing them to enjoy their time away from work more and hopefully the time they are at work they've got a fresh focus, a clear mind and they can enjoy their work. Um, if you enjoyed the content please 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 share us around, like the podcast, drop us that four or five star review if you could share us with your friends. Uh, if you are listening to this and you're in the turf industry and you would like to come on and have a chat just hit me up with any ideas. You can find me or Stuart Butler on Facebook at Stu Butts on Twitter. Uh, we are at uh, hwomthepod at gmail.com. Just drop me an email, outline your ideas. Uh, if I'm not very good on the subject, I can either research it or I can find some guests that can come on and have a like-minded conversation with you about the subject you have chosen. As always, guys, thank you very much for listening to Henry Weston's Old Mate, the podcast. Uh, and I look forward to making more content going forward. Thanks, guys.